Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Queen Divas podcast, where we discuss all things health, fitness, and wellness with my beautiful co-host, Stephanie Ayala. Hello, hello. So good to see your face yet again. Oh, hello, everyone, and hello, Ali. It's always a pleasure to hop on here and see your beautiful face, and hope all these listeners are also having a fantastic, spectacular day, uh, wherever you may be. I'm in the USA, and Ali is in Australia. Yay. So the land yeah, of two parts of the world. Um, but yeah, and, today. Um, I must admit, it probably confuses people sometimes if they're watching this on YouTube because it always pops up with Christos's name as my Zoom. <laughs> because we always do this on Christos's computer. But the one Who's thing that, that I do think is great is that now I share the last name. Woo! We're coming on for Yay! one month post um our wedding soon how how fast is uh, this how fast Babe, oh my seriously gosh, we just literally this week put out just got our invitations for bubby's first birthday what oh my god he's gonna be a year already is, we we are only, we're only a few months away from him being one year old and i i put it out early because it's one of those situations where i just love you know me i'm anal prep to be super organized <laughs> and it's going to be like the first birthday party of the year of the millennia so you're like the planner i'm the procrastinator <laughs> so it's like you would plan it three months ahead i would plan it like two weeks before like all right uh, we're having this party <laughs> put out put out the invites for that and it was that moment of holy crap hey where has the year gone already we are already planning a mid-year event here because his you know first birthday's in June but then it's also like wow I can't believe that we've got an almost oh, right three months here. ahead we're nuts <laughs> I know, right? I know. I, I had to, babe. I had to because I had to. It is his first birthday. I go bid or go home, right? Like it's his first. The balloons to the cake to the theme to giving everyone that was being invited the opportunity to plan for time off and travel because there are a lot of loved ones we have that are all over the oh. state. They're obviously invited. And you know what? Like, I just wanted to get excited about it. <laughs> Of course, it's like your birthday. So now you get two birthdays in the year, right? Like, exactly. I guess for any other mother that's like kind of maybe celebrating their child's birthday too, you, you get presents like your birthday and your day, mm -hmm. as well as as hectic and stressful it may be leading into it. It's still a celebration for that it day. Is. And I'm, I'm glad you're it inviting is. and gathering, you know, family and so, friends. It's still kind of like we, getting we back into the normality, to, right? We don't get to have you guys present because. <sighs> way over here which sucks eggs but he is going to get time with um arnie stefan uncle kerry very very soon he is a kind of orlando which i'm so pumped for and then again at world so it will be like a belated first birthday when he gets to see you too by then oh he's gonna get spoiled three times because i believe all the shows <laughs> that i see him at i'm just gonna just shower him with gifts so he's in and i'm and so excited to see him we're also and planning he, um in between now and his first birthday we actually were just sending out invitations my my mother-in-law who's just 
freaking a godsend. She's just honestly so amazing. She's organizing everything for this for us, for Bubby's christening. So we're going to be, you know, going through the whole christening episode in the Greek Orthodox Church, which is just a whole event in and of itself, let me tell you. Um, so, So that comes up in May. So we've got like his christening and then one month later, it's first birthday and it's just all, you know, all systems go this year. I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this ride, this Steph. Year. Like I can't, so you can probably, anyone listening to this can probably hear the smile on my face, but everything to do with this kid is just a whole nother level of joy for me. <laughs> just it's, even this just week, he's been really sick. And so we've been actually battling oh. a really sick household and just, you know, those moments where you can't do anything. It's a real helplessness state. But even in his sickest moment, this kid is just a bundle of joy and constantly happy. (laughs) And even through his snotty nose and his little wind here and there, because obviously he's not feeling the best, he's still smiling his full head off. And it's it's just so we all just be a child and have that innocence? Like, oh, Oh my God, right? It's amazing to see it. And, you know, mentioning about like being under the weather, I feel like this is just across the globe. This is even happening here in the States. It's just everyone's somewhat under the weather with the cold, um, some flu symptoms. Heck, there's so many viruses going around and oh my god just right. Right now, we have high high pollen i don't know about you guys but this is the season for us to have yeah. extremely extremely high pollen in we the get air it. so we're adding extreme like symptoms. usually about three months or so behind when you guys have it so you guys get it now and then we get it usually coming into spring which will be you know sort yeah of- so we're entering spring yeah. now and that's we, like, well we it's still it. not here I'm just declaring it to be here already because I'm just tired <laughs> of the cold and I just literally hate being cold. So I just keep looking forward to the spring and the warmer weather. Um, here in Texas, we actually have a lot of like hail and tornadoes. Yeah, so I know. Like a little different. And and it's kind of when it starts brewing up. Yeah, yeah. clients telling me about all this hectic weather that's going on over that way at the moment. And it's like, walls up. It's bizarre. Texas can have honestly four seasons in one day and it's just kind of crazy but it is what it is and at least we're in that transition stage from winter into spring so spring is coming up like march is here right like it's a it's a new month right um for all listeners listening it's just a great opportunity for us to kind of like reset and for me like if anyone like feels somewhat like me if your mood gets affected by temperature and climate um we're looking ahead at some nice bright future days (laughs) um to make our mood much much better because for me if it's gloomy cold Cold. I'm like, mm. I just get like in a, I'm gonna say bad mood because it doesn't upset me. It just puts me in a not as positive mood. You're just yeah, in the weather. So I'm looking forward to you know obviously the warmer days. Uh, how about you guys? You guys are entering the fall. We are, we are, and it's just starting to get cooler. So, which I actually mm-hmm. don't mind the break. Um, my nice. probably favorite seasons of any year are actually autumn and spring so it's when it's not cold yeah. and it's not hot it's that beautiful in between so we are starting to experience that but um one of the things that sort of led us into talking about today's topic was the fact that we are starting to notice that there are periods of bugs and viruses and we're just oh in that God. change of season and we are going to be you know things that actually impact you and your 
overall health, immune system, but also your capacity to recover. So Mm -hmm. earlier this week, anyone following me would have even seen that in my story, I was in a ice bath. I was doing contrast therapy. So we're going to talk about contrast therapy as one of our recovery hacks today. Um, But that was actually a direct result of a little flare up and a little tweak in my back from a massive session I did on the Monday. But if we were to analyze this in a big picture format, it wasn't necessarily just about that session on the Monday. It was about the fact that I had had three or four days of not so great sleep. We were, you know, starting to focus on controlled crying sleep um, coaching with Bubby to get him to sleep all the way through the night. And at the same time, he was sick. So I would suggest that my tweak has actually happened because there was some of these factors affecting my recovery and therefore affecting my performance and my output inside of the session. And I just had, you know, some fatigue in a probably semi-compromised loading state that, you know, led to a tweak. So what was I doing about it? Well, first things first, um, you know, I didn't have any NSADs or anything that was going to directly treat inflammation the day of the situation because I didn't want to downregulate and mitigate my potential physiological adaptations from my training session. So I waited a whole day night and then took a whole bunch of anti-inflammatories and got myself into contrast therapy to try to treat the inflammation and try to, you know, basically put a squash on anything that might have been happening with, you know, chronic spasms and everything else in the back. And that led to me messaging Steph and being like, hey, babe, we're going to talk about recovery. Segment on recovery. (laughs) Oh, man. And like everything you just mentioned, it's a ripple effect. Like it really is. I think that we don't ever, we, we don't pinpoint really what is the issue until like exactly what you did. You kind of like regressed on when this originally started and it was the lack of sleep that caused you to not be able to perform even well in your sessions. Right. And then not only do we put ourselves in a, in a vulnerable position when we are lacking sleep, but we're also having less recovery throughout sleeping, right? Because we have less sleep. So the muscle isn't going to actually be as recovered, right? So what we're going to do is probably stimulate some injuries, right? Like actually promote some injuries because they're tighter. They're actually probably drier. We didn't sleep while they're dehydrated. Our levels of sodium might be a little bit off. So understanding sleep, not only have we had an episode of sleep guys, uh, we actually need to prioritize it for the actual recovery for. Oh, absolutely. It's actually crucial. <clears throat> so, you know, I would definitely suggest anyone go back and listen to our sleep, sleep episode because we go into this in, you know, the nth detail and it is absolutely crucial for the body's ability to, ability to repair, recover and actually build muscle tissue, but it's also a substantial contributor to immune health. So, oh, you know, I think certainly. it's one of our biggest hacks. It's probably a recovery hack that we don't think about because it's something that you think, you know, you just do. We just, it's just automatic, but it's, it's not always optimized. So I think, you know, actually having that, like that in my list of recovery hacks that comes in at Mm. like number five. Um, That's up there. Oh yeah. It should just be something you're systemically doing every day. Like it should be a focal point for you in your off season, on season, in your prep, like no matter what phase you're at, because it's that, that important. So getting enough sleep has the ability to reduce stress, but it also has the ability to, as we talked about, 
set you up for great performance in your next session and also don't leave anything on the table that could be gained physiological adaptation wise from the session you've just done because the biggest part of muscle growth occurs while you're actually sleeping yes so it's so important right it's so so important if you're like literally going out partying and then expecting to still be able to pick up the gains from your from your session oh right now they're significantly compromised and and you know those that actually get used to maybe lacking sleep meaning oh i'm so used to just just sleeping five six hours five six hours yeah normal for me like that is just what my wife um is only allowing me to have let me tell you you might be able to function you might be performing a-okay and okay to you and let me tell you if you actually just increase that your recovery will go up you will notice your performance increase and just like elisa said your immune system will definitely be also thanking you because it's going to get stronger it's going to get so much better and whenever i'm talking to anyone about this like if i've got a, a you know coaching conversation around recovery one of the biggest things that we initially always talk about is sleep and we discuss mm-hmm. you know quite intimately their sleep environment and their their bedtime hygiene so you know what is the ritual for your evening what does it look like you know how can you optimize it you know and again go back to that episode because we cover off everything from creating the dark environment having white noise background having you know um even having the sound of water believe it or not even though you might think that might make you want to go to the toilet that's actually completely relaxing and can get you into a deeper sleep state it's having the right environment you know ambient from a temperature point of view to elicit deeper sleep cycles but the thing for me what i've noticed that i always have to keep a quite a an eye on um is keeping that consistent sleep schedule, even when I'm in my off season. So like what I mean by that is your wake and sleep time should be within an hour consistently day in, day out, all year round, no matter what phase you're in. So for me, when I'm in a prep and I'm cutting, I'm definitely up and at them and out in the sunlight way earlier than what I am if I'm not. And I have to keep an eye on that. I have to make sure that I don't go you know, swaying too far beyond that normal time frame for me, because then when it comes time to get into that prep mode, holy crap, it is so hard to do. And it does affect your overall sleep schedule. So, you know, over the last couple of years, I've gotten really focused on keeping consistency at all times of the year. And, you know, that looks different for everyone, but I would definitely suggest that that is something you look at. Am I going to sleep within the hour of the hour every night, no matter what? And am I waking up the same? whether it's a weekday weekend, whether you're in prep or in your off season, it's that adequate sleep. Yeah. And not to dive in too much in the sleep here, but we are just bringing this up because of how important the recovery side, if we're talking about recovery, you know, tips and hacks for you guys here, sleep is going to be at that forefront, but with sleep also, if like, let's say maybe we keep seeing sleep, but you're not able to sleep. Like, Hey, well, I'm not able to really fall asleep, stay asleep. Like it's interrupted guys. There's some hormonal imbalance and some cortisol levels being extremely, maybe high and elevated where they're just not coming down and you're not allowing the body to go into that deep REM sleep. So maybe look into that if you are struggling with maybe sleeping and it's not the allocation of time that you're having issues with. Because I understand not everybody has maybe that time frame, but Ali is right. We can definitely pinpoint a schedule and make sure we go down at a certain time and you prioritize that nightly ritual and put yourself in a good scenario for, you know, obviously the habits of going down and bad 
that and getting some good night's sleep um, and be able to perform so much better. It's quite amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm always amazed at how I can't function without sleep. And then I get amazed. I'm like, how do people live like this? I'm like, how do they function without sleep? I just I don't understand. Head cases. So yes. one of the things that you will love to sort of, I guess, you know, reflect upon is that we've given you something that costs nothing. That's a strategy that literally yes. costs you physically no dollars or cents at all, too. but makes a whole lot of sense, right? So it's the first low-lying fruit that we discuss with a client when they raise issues of recovery. It's always that. The second thing that I will go into is, which again, no cost, no dollars, no cents, but makes a lot of sense is hydration status. Uh-huh. I even freaking say that, Ali, like, as it's we drink absolutely water. imperative to repair and recovery that you are actually in a hydrated state. And I don't know how many people I have conversations with on the daily. That they <laughs> oh, I forget to drink. What do you mean oh, you forget? You drink sometimes. This is a fucking plan. Yeah. around like you need watering daily, on the daily, on the hour of the day, every hour. Yes, like what are you talking? Mm-hmm. About? You're essentially a fish. Like seventy-five percent of your body is made of water, y'all. So if you oh don't not just only hydrate, not only are your organs are going to downregulate, you're really actually going to start feeling some symptoms of what brain fog, lightheadedness, headaches. I mean, oh my god, that's even just like some of those symptoms. I mean, if we really yeah. go into the dehydration, we're going to go into cramps. I mean, it really affects your training by far because yeah. let's go into a session that we're going to break down that tissue, right? And we're going to really, really get a little intense. Now you're going to tear a muscle because you're dehydrated and you're going to pull something. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense for us to not prioritize the two things that are free. And it's also, um, you know, just so super important to regulating your body temperature too, hydration status. So you want to make sure that that's something you're looking after. You know, body temperature has an impact on so many variables, so many physiological functions. So realistically hydration it's like one of the easiest things you can be doing set an alarm on your phone make sure you're actually having you know constant fluid you know sipping fluid throughout the course of the day so i always say if you can be having like a 600 ml bottle 500 ml 600 ml bottle like every hour across the course of the hour it doesn't mean going and sculling it but sipping on it and just being aware that you're actually having that frequent um you know intake but one of the other things that you might want to look at too is the fact that you might not also be absorbing the fluid that you're consuming. So you might be having a situation where, you know, you're requiring electrolytes or sodium because you might be low in sodium and therefore not actually even getting the benefit of the fluid you're drinking. So if you are that person that's constantly drinking, always feels thirsty, has gallons Mm. of water a day, Mm -hmm. but you're pissing like the, you know, you're leaking more than the Titanic, right? It then really it's probably, clear here. <laughs> probably a sign that perhaps we need to include some electrolytes and that you Absolutely. probably could benefit from having a sports drink, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially to I'll always resort to like a zero yeah. calorie sports drink. Like I'll go to like a Powerade Zero or like a Gatorade exactly. Zero here. Exactly. And it's like, it's very common uh, to have it at all the stores. There's you options. Guys have- 
no yeah. matter what phase you're in, right, dieting or not, there's options for you. You can still get your electrolytes in. And, you know, it might even be like I have at times been in a situation where I've had to wake and have an electrolyte powder first thing in the morning to actually set my body up for absorbing yeah. water better. And I consume a lot of fluid, but at various times, depending upon what's going on with my, you know, um, stomach acid and then sodium levels, I can actually not get the benefit of everything that I'm consuming. So that that is a real thing. And I would want to know about this. Yeah. yeah. And then so what you're listening here is like drinking water and actually just drinking water doesn't actually hydrate you hundred percent. If you have imbalances in your sodium and potassium levels, if you actually are just drinking the water and not actually, let's say having those amino acids or electrolytes consistently in your system, you're most likely going to have that cotton mouth, that dehydration feeling of maybe muscle cramps, um, like just feeling thirsty in general. And I feel like that is a common symptom like that we get. I mean, I just experienced this just from elevation. I mean, I was literally just going from state to state and the elevation going up and down into different mountains and going up in the air, even just caused for me, again, my body started feeling a little more dehydrated and it was because I wasn't having the right sodium level as well and for me I do kind of struggle with those imbalances of sodium um, at times because of my foods maybe not staying consistently with the sodium levels that you know of course my body requires and it does affect my training so for me it's actually really really regular for me to have an intra-workout carb which normally has like pink Himalayan salt coconut powder it actually has the electrolytes I do this one by raw because it's a very very awesome formula um, that they put together and for me, it just keeps that regularity of sodium and electrolytes balanced in my system. And I don't have those dips or any areas or I don't know, areas of the day or of the week where I feel like, again, dehydrated and it does affect my performance. And I, um, I think the fact that you just said Himalayan rock salt just then was fantastic because that's actually something I get my clients to do is just to add a pinch of rock salt or Himalayan rock salt to or even sea salt to their water yes. first thing in the morning so room temperature water first glass you have add a pinch of salt that's another way to make sure you're actually absorbing your water yes. um the other thing that you can be doing to stay super hydrated if you're someone that is a complete weirdo that doesn't like water and trust me there are a few of those um oh, I used to have your high, <laughs> yeah have your high watery food items there are a lot of food items and we do get some fluid and some water from the food we consume, depending on what you're eating, what your diet looks like. So, you know, start thinking about having those sorts of high hydrating. Yummy watermelon and some more yummy cucumbers. and. Because there are definitely, definitely a lot of them. I love my watermelon. I'm mad oh, so about good. watermelon. So, you know, there, <laughs> there are options there. So if you are someone that prefer to have, you know, a little bit less food in, in a beverage, then you can be looking at the fluid content of your food and making sure that the choices you make. I think everyone's going to just go ahead straight to go get a sports drink because I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this you're probably gonna prefer a sports drink which why not I mean I literally have my fridge stocked up with some Powerade Zeros for the go and they're just so essential because you at least are able to keep that in again regularly if you need a little just extra pick me up as well because those electrolytes believe it or not will help boost that energy because you actually are staying more hydrated so watch that hydration watch that sleep and I think our next one here that we're actually going to go into is the one that Ali uh, was doing as one of her yeah. therapies. So this one is like, 
Oh man, it's a power play. It's honestly so, so good at reducing inflammation and soreness. Um, but it is one that is a cost. So if you can do it without having it be a cost, and that's actually just initiating it in your own home with a cold shower. So you can actually do, and you might have, anyone that's ever followed water therapy is going to have seen the cold shower, the breathing, like that stuff is legitimately a thing. It's not woohoo. It's actually, you know, it actually substantially works and there is literature and evidence to back it up. Um, but you can have cold based showers. They recommend actually doing them first thing in the morning. So, you know, you get that hit there's adrenaline, it sets you up for the day. It actually, like, there's a whole myriad of physiological benefits to it. So first thing in the morning is the one, the time frame where you want to be having the cold. And then last thing at night is when you actually want to be having hot shower. And that that has positive benefits to actually get you into a better sleep cycle. So if we're going to be looking at it from a cost benefit point of view, and we're still keeping the things that are low cost, don't cost much, yeah. You could literally be doing a cold therapy by having cold showers for three minutes. Do a cold tub in the morning. and add some ice on top of or that. Or you can put ice in your bathtub, right? You can put ice put in Put it in a tub, fill it up with cold water and add that ice and you are going to be shivering and you're going to be praying exactly. to God. So that literally gets you out. I was literally going to invest in, and the only reason I haven't done it yet is because I've just got this new membership facility. And it, and it actually has the contrast therapy in it. So it actually has the, the hot and the cold plunge pool. It has my infrared sauna. It has my red light therapy. It has my cryotherapy. It has everything in this center. So part of my membership has access to this. So I'm no longer going to buy it, but I was actually researching and going to buy myself a big one. <laughs> ice bath that was going to sit on my back deck that I was going to get in. I, I just saw one. So totally, yeah. it's very, yeah. it's very common here. Um, but look for, even for me, I went with the cryotherapy sessions just because I just, oh, they're amazing, very fast. Like I'm just a wimp when it comes to the cook. I just finished telling you guys, I hate the cold. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love fan. cryotherapy for um, mental, like to be honest, all these cold therapy management, <laughs> right? You? Oh, it's it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you really oh. think of it like that, I guess. I mean, you're changing my perspective here, but I just suffer in the aspect of, oh my God, get me through this. Dear God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, just get me, get me through this. <laughs> and it's just one of those things, though. I feel like it is of those mental battles that you have to overcome mind over matter, right? Like it's yeah. just telling your mind it doesn't matter what you're going through, even though your body is suffering and it's just extremely, extremely cold and shivering. But the reaction, the aftermath, your body does undergo some therapeutic, therapeutic, yeah. therapeutic how do I even say it, guys? I can't say it. So you basically are guaranteed to reduce inflammation, increase circulation, and basically promote healing inside of the body, right? So oh, you, if you feel it once your body gets yeah. out of the cold. So when you get out of the cold, it's just kind of like, it just kind of like starts warming up back to its normal temperature. Because I mean, it has, it goes into this like shock mode. I mean, you're practically putting your body in a, in a, in a state where you're not supposed to be, you're supposed to be like actually hibernating. And I guess in essence, like you're like, oh my God, I'm shutting down. But in reality, 
it's actually going down into a state of recovery, which is quite amazing. Well, it, it actually, um, muscles. it's actually so beneficial. And I guess, you know, we see a lot of people using it here in Australia as form of spiritual therapy. So where they're actually breaking right. down barriers, they're working through oh, mental yeah. states, they're improving mental health with it. We've got these um, camps in here in Queensland that are uh, like, Oh God, what are they called? They're called the men's and the women's walk. And so basically it's these big spiritual internal release mechanisms, a lot of breath work, a lot of meditation and mm. pivots around this contrast therapy. So this big plunge into the cold water type, you know, situations. Um, so there, there are a myriad of benefits to it. Right. And the way that I, um, approach it at the moment with the facility that I'm in is by using a 38 degree warm pool and an eight degree <laughs> cold pool right so I will go and hop into the sauna first I'm in there for 10 to 15 minutes that helps to basically increase circulation and loosen everything up I then jump into immediately into the eight degree cold pool that's eight degrees celsius for everyone in the states and you submerge your entire body. I'm talking like absolutely freaking everything. And in the first round of three minutes, because I'm in there for three minutes, I've got my timer on. Um, I find the first round, it's a bit of a slap in the face, but it's not yet as like, what the fuck am I doing moment until you get to round three. And by round three for me, I'm legitimately shaking. Like my toes are going, my hands are going. I'm like. <laughs> but it somehow mentally gets easier. Even though your body's having all these reactions, for me anyway, this is how it feels for me, it can't, somehow mentally gets easier. So after I've been in there for three minutes, right, I get up, get out, jump straight into the 38-degree pool. And one of the things that you'll notice when you go from this cold, this intense cold into the hot, is this tingling sensation. So, you know, blood flow gets restricted and constricted, and then all of a sudden the blood flow is just like, and then you're three minutes in there, you're like, goes for like 10 seconds it goes so fast you're like Very before fast. you know it oh my god I've got to get back in that thing again and you're up and you're back into the eight degrees celsius again so the warm water basically will increase circulation and promote relaxation, but it doesn't last for very long because you feel like you've been in there for 10 seconds and you're back in that slap you in the face oh. feeling again. And I do that three times. Now, depending upon what I'm trying to get out of the, the session will depend on which pool I leave last. So on the the week just in the week just gone on the session that I did that was really about trying to help this back I actually exited in the warm pool but usually and especially when Jacinta and I go because we're psychopaths we will always exit on the cold pool you do not have a warm shower you just go and towel dry and get straight into your clothes and you literally can feel yourself cold all your extremities cold for the next it's a, a couple of hours I reckon it takes me about a couple of hours to feel warmth down through to like all of my extremities and digits but it is horrible. it is liberating like it is miserable. completely empowering <laughs> like listening to you like mental resilience but I can't I can't express chat. enough when I walked that out of it um, on Tuesday I was like holy crap my back 
feels so free. And I went from thinking, oh my God, I've done something. I'm probably not going to be able to lift for a week to going straight into a glute session, full dominant glute session with RDLs on the Wednesday. I did it on the Monday. I did my contrast therapy Tuesday. So it's powerful. I recommend obviously it works. need to get on it. Give it a go. But you did suffer. Come on, don't lie. <laughs> you totally suffered. Oh my god! No. No. It's like, it's a kick in the sea next Tuesday, man. It's like it's a big boot. It is a big. Oh, boot. trust me when I say my recovery thing and mine is next year. Is your route is an extremity for you, and mine is, I guess, an extremity for me. But I would take mine in a heartbeat over yeah, yours. Cryotherapy <laughs> for anyone listening. You're in like an actual full blown chamber where it's like it's like sub 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 zero degrees it's intense, but it's only for like two to three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take mine so, in. A, and you're day. usually wearing like gloves and socks and all yeah all I put the gloves nice on and you know cool. and then I just put on, put on the socks I mean you go in naked technically but <laughs> it's just like you you are under just your neck it's just you're not supposed yeah. to essentially go with your head in there and yeah you just go as as long as you can I remember my first time I only lasted like 30 seconds and then I just kept getting better and better yeah, from 30 seconds to a minute then from a minute to a minute 20 and then I remember thinking I'll never break a minute 20 and then from a minute 20 <laughs> it was like a minute 30 I'm honestly like, I can't believe I can't get to two minutes and then yeah once you get up to that three minute mark I mean you, you experience those same things that you yeah, were talking about now, but they're just so much quicker and I guess it's just in yeah. a condensed uh, time frame so I'm not like Livering in that misery it's just like it snaps right back out once once you get out of the crowd and you put your clothes back on I definitely don't take two hours to get warm again but it does take a, a little bit of time to get your circulation back the same way that it would have if you left a hot therapy yeah. so I agree with that and I feel like for me my absolute favorite um recovery tool and I call this a tool because everyone's so different with their approach with this and every therapist is extremely different. I've just worked with so many and, and I'm sure you relate, like you just have to kind of find what therapy for massage therapy works for you uh, yeah. as an individual, because not every massage therapist out there will be for you. So yeah, for me, I have found my person and I've Yay. been able to, you know, actually dig into these areas and I've had yep. horrible injuries and imbalances these last uh, couple years specifically this last year where I've of course even with my foot my foot then started causing a lot of just ripple effect for me up up the up the leg so then it was my hip and then from my hip to my lower back to now my shoulder so it just like causes all on of course the side of my foot that is injured and has the the stress fracture so again my recovery has been quite shit because I've had to regress yeah. a lot of the intensity of my training to try yeah. to, you know, of course, improve these imbalances and, and tender to these injuries. And because of that, there's been some times I go a little bit more than what I've been doing. And that causes those doms, that extra soreness, my body's not recovering as good because I haven't been doing the things that it was used to. So now when I take maybe a few weeks off of a movement and I haven't been doing maybe the hinge or the squat and that you know variation I definitely feel 
the domes and I'm not able to really actually recover as properly as I, you know, would like. So with my therapist, I'm able to have her dig in and do these, you know, of course, sessions where she is, she uses her elbow, y'all. Like she doesn't even yeah. use tools. She doesn't use her hands. She just uses her elbows and she digs in like every yeah. muscle and just releases every little insertion and muscle from each other. So for me, it is a painful session. I actually kind of have anxiety builds up to be honest, <laughs> leading into her sessions. <laughs> I like have like this big, big, like, oh, I just, I don't know. Like, you know, I you need that. it, but you know, you're going to hate every second of it. Oh, <laughs> yo, I kicked her this last time. I accidentally, obviously, I didn't mean to. I mean, my body on my, my body just did that. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so <laughs> my sorry. Body I swear to God, my brain was not associated. I mean, I, I didn't mean to kick her, but my body, she hit some nerves. And I was like, <laughs> so it definitely was, again, one of those things that I know I need. And so if I don't do it, I only not just get worse within my imbalances, but yeah. then I get re-injured. Then another injury comes up and then I flare it up. And yeah. it's just such a frustrating, right? A uh, circle and path to just continue doing because I'm sure anyone listening has maybe been there. They just kind of like maybe get a little bit better and then they just go right back in yeah. and doing the same thing. It's like yeah. insanity, doing the same thing over and over again <laughs> and not learning from their mistakes. And obviously from what we should be maybe doing, even if it feels like it's not enough, because yeah. that's where I kind of feel that's that's been my struggle. It's like, you, you feel like your body needs to do more or you feel like your body needs to exert a little bit more because that's how you like to feel. You like that endorphin rush. Maybe you like that stimulation and then you don't really work on the mobility on the recovery side on maybe yeah. foam rolling on maybe the yeah. massages on maybe the cold therapy or yeah. maybe even sleep or hydration and all these things so yeah these are just kind of like putting it all together for me I feel like this is like my my glue <laughs> that helps me with my recovery the with most. massage for me like I've always found um and this is probably systemic from my back injury because I get chronic spasm states that massage doesn't actually work unless I have needles first. So manual therapy and manual tissue therapy only works once I have had a complete release of the chronic state of spasm from a needle first. So I go in for um, what, so everyone listening to this, when I'm in prep, and I'm actually going through the stage and I am, it's what I call part of my rig repair therapy. So my rig repair is like taking my vehicle, which is my physique to the, to get a service every week. So basically I go to osteo and Cairo and they will manipulate manually release, do some soft tissue release and crack me every week from like 14 weeks yeah. out, I have a standard yeah. standing weekly appointment. Yeah. I have those instead of massage, because for me, the massage in and of itself doesn't work. However, when I'm in my off season, I have massage and I have massage as a proactive once a month thing where it doesn't have to be weekly anymore because the, you know, um, demands of the workload aren't quite as high, but the demands of the sessions and the intensity and the progressive loading is. So I still need it, but it's in a different format. And I will tend to typically go to my osteo or chiro 
once in the month and then a massage therapist the at a later point in the month for a second tune-up. And I find that after I've had the needling, the massage actually works. So Steph is so right. Finding a masseuse is like finding a colonic <laughs> irrigation specialist. You've got to find someone that you mesh Man, with, let me vibe you. with, can literally beat the shit out of you in a good way and you will happily let them do it, right? Oh, so- and that's the thing though, Ali, without them hurting you, without them bruising you yeah. without actually them doing maybe not enough because let me tell you some people are like what did you even do? oh my god they do spirit I'm fingers like, and they're these doing, like, little things. Just, like i'm not trying to get <laughs> scratched dude i'm not trying to get a not tickle, here for a tickle right me. like you i'm not me. exactly i need you to put me in pain and i'm sorry that sounds pretty crazy here but i i need you to put me in a bowl and i need to kind of hate you otherwise you're not <laughs> you doing what you should you be doing head. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So if you don't make my body like twitch and do things that I, I would not do to myself, then I don't need you because I need someone that's actually not only knowledgeable enough to be able to dig in to these areas, but actually is able to separate the muscles. How many muscles of ours, as we break them down, repair back together, and they just love to connect. They love to adhere together. So let's say the neighbors i just like putting our our muscles there as like little neighbors whatever muscle group is neighboring the other as we break them down it's just natural for them to want to repair the muscle tissues back together with the neighbor okay so those lines and insertions and separations need to be separated and this is one of the things that for me i neglected for so long Mm -hmm. in the past so it just created a lot of knots extra adhesions and i just has created a little bit more scar tissue in some areas around some joints that yeah that I have pain maybe some joint pain or maybe knee pain and these are things that I just thought I had to deal with honestly in the past I thought it was just part of training I'm like I've just done so many sports in my life like it's just my knee my knees are just going to be bad for the rest of my life Um, but it's not the case it was just the fact that I had just such tight honestly muscles around my joints the ligaments were extremely tight to the point where I was just starting to really, really have pain around the muscles and I was needing to have better recovery and this all brought it together. So if anyone listening to this is maybe feeling or struggling with these areas, maybe having some of the symptoms I'm having or have had, or maybe an alley scenario, maybe it doesn't work for you. Maybe you've seen every masseuse, all the therapist and maybe the hands-on isn't working maybe try out yeah. doing the maybe you're someone that just doesn't even like to have someone touch you because I've got clients like that and that would probably lead me into another cost effective alternative would be you know your own mobility works your own stretching yes. triggering your own um you know focus on doing these sessions that are going to create more length and more flexibility to the tissue right but I'm going to be, it's an unpopular opinion for some people, but it's what the literature shows is that you shouldn't be doing this stretching right before your session because it actually removes a lot of the benefit from the session itself. So you're, you're going to get less of a session and less of a you know um, benefit from that session if you do this stretching right before your session. So what I always suggest to clients is that 
you know, pre-session, there should be dynamic warm-ups. Absolutely. Definitely. You should have movement pattern-based warm-ups for sure and primers, but you shouldn't be doing extensive, long-holding stretching sessions. Static stretching, for sure. Not conducive to achieve what you want to achieve from the session you're about to invest your time and energy into. So I always say to clients that it's best to set these, um, you know, sessions up for yourself away from your training and ideally even like you know do them in the evening before bedtime or do them first thing in the morning and your trainings at night like think about where your training is placed in the day and position it elsewhere and then you know you might not need to do them every day you might have say three or four designated days of the week where you spend 20 minutes on it right and it can be a series of um a series of stretches and a series of um, triggering and mobility-based, you know, movement patterns that are going to open up specific parts of the body. So if you're someone that, that leads a quite a sedentary, you know, um, quite a sedentary lifestyle, you're sitting all the time, you're in an office, you know, then you're going to be wanting to op- open up through the front of the house. So making sure that you're doing your couch yes. stretches and you're doing all the stuff that's going to release your quads and your psoas, right? Um, just as an example, and I would definitely suggest that if you are someone that doesn't have access to or finances are a problem for you, that you are incorporating this sort of thing into your, you know, into your routine. It really does improve, um, you know, circulation. It reduces, you know, muscular soreness and tension. It 100% prevents having joint-based issues that Steph has sort of talked about. Um, And, you know, look, I think, looking at having a foam roller in your house, looking at having a broomstick is a great one for jabbing into, you know, peck delts into the, you know, oh shit, I've even used a kettlebell into my groin. Like you can yes, literally, I love, yes, you can I literally love mix this shit up. I've used a kettlebell into my adductor. Like there are so many ways to, to trigger yourself so cool, utilizing. Right? Like there's little hand tools women. nowadays that everyone exactly. can have. Exactly. Like, it's just about finding the areas. And I love that you pinpointed the sedentary, you know, sedentary lifestyle for a lot of workers is you're in front of the computer or just sitting for long periods of time. And if you're not doing some hip mobility drills, you're going to have training affected. Even if you're not having recovery issues, you're going to okay. get that joint aftermath, or you're just not going to be able to activate some of these muscles groups as good as you possibly could so doing even like mobility drills for those hips or even like having a little time that it just opens up your body and gets blood flow increased into your body so like doing like a five minute little you know stretching session away I totally agree with Ali there I I absolutely loathe seeing people doing so much static stretching right before uh, their session because it isn't beneficial. It's actually going to impede that actual simulation of that muscle group. So more dynamic, definitely, as well as trying to, for me, my favorite, my mobility drills, if I'm trying to really trigger point or maybe attack a certain area like a piriformis, it's kind of like pesky to get into. And you've got to kind of like really, really dig into the foam roller or into a lacrosse ball. I like to do those sessions as a primer the night before a leg session. So if I the before bed, exactly. So I was gonna fall it into that kind of time frame when Ali brought it up. I'm like, yep, exactly. I like to do mine if I know I'm legs there tomorrow. 
tonight I'm going to prime my legs up. I'm going to like release them. I'm going to kind of find those little knacks and, you know, knots that I might have around my abductor. I might have in my adductor, my grow in, or maybe release my psoas a little bit more aggressively than I would have on the day of. So then that way I can go to bed. I can sleep, make sure I stay hydrated. I actually make it a very big point to make sure that my water intake the night before and hear this, the night before I go to sleep for my next leg day, I'm extremely well hydrated because what do we do when we go to bed? We fast, we deplete the body. What do we do? We go to pee and it just dehydrates the system. So I don't want to wake up the next day and have to like chug a whole bunch to feel hydrated. So I do my mobility and priming work. And then I am improving again, my hydration by trying to just prioritize it. And I go to bed and then I have a really nice, good meal. I'm one of those people that I just, I don't personally, and Elliot has made me do this before, by the way, <laughs> I don't like training fasted. Okay. Y'all? I'm not a, a big fasted, uh, you know, workout individual. I like to have at least one or two meals. If I'm going to have a big session, this is ideal. That doesn't mean that I can't go with maybe no food or a meal in me uh, before a workout. It's just uh, a preference for me to have at least one or two meals before, you know, a big lift. Yeah. So that's kind of walks you through for me, kind of how I, um, yeah. you know, set myself up with that, because I do love <laughs> the fact that this is going to keep us not just improving our recovery, but improving our range of motion, our muscle stimulation. And of course, we're just going to improve our strength as well. And look, stretching helps to break up the fascia adhesions, right? So your fascia yeah. is like, if I, I, the analogy I always give everyone is that your fascia is the capsule that basically sits and supports, you know, your muscles. So your muscles sit inside of it, right? It's like the sheath that wraps over it. And when it gets really tight, this is how I like to visualize it. It's like having food inside of a Tupperware container and you're trying to put the lid on and you're trying to grow the muscle, hence put more food inside that Tupperware container. You're trying to crack this lid on and it's so Crushed tight, it. it's not going anywhere and it's like spilling out the edges and there's you can't put the lid on and then you can't physically fit anything more in there. So really tight fascia, you can start to see, might limit and inhibit muscular growth, right? 100%. So what we want fascia to look like is super soft and supple like glad wrap. So we exactly like saran wrap, like a little bit, you know, like and you can keep more and more stuff inside that glad wrap and keep expanding it, wrap it up and cover everything up, and you're not going to have any issues or restrictions, right? So the interesting thing about fascia is that fascia actually takes like two minutes, two minutes minimum to start to release. So it's not like a a dynamic stretch simulation of the blood get a benefit from, right? So for me personally, I do not stretch. I do yin yoga. And everyone that follows me and has followed me for years would have seen that I am the biggest advocate and guru for this particular practice of yoga that probably has ever come. I have a (laughs) private session at home and then I will attend class. So when I'm in prep, again, coming back to the variations of frequency for me to tap into some of these things depends upon workload and nutrient 
absence. So when I'm in a prep process and I have the absence of calories, the absence of nutrients to support repair and recovery, and then also an increase in workload, what am I going to need? A lot more hands-on, a lot more external recovery hacks. So I tap into a lot of these things. And when I'm in that phase, I try to do yoga two to three times a week. When I'm in the off season, I will probably go once a week, right? So it just shows you the frequency of what you need. If I start feeling tight or if I start feeling mobility lagging or I start feeling like things hinging in a squat or I've got um, weight displacement or I'm shifting to a hip or not, I immediately know, okay, it's time for me to go do yin. Now, the benefits of yin is you move into a singular pose and you hold it for three to five minutes. And what I just say about fascia, fascia takes two minutes to release. So you will literally work from the feet up Every major joint, every major muscle gets supported in this practice, and you will walk out feeling like Gumby. Lucy, you can balance on a tree pole, plastic, all arms and limbs, nice and long, right? Oh, no, that's it's so true what you're saying, though. Like, it's the stimulation of the balancing, the actual joints needing to, you know, obviously be worked a little bit differently. Your body adapts to all those movements that you're putting it through the squatting, the hitching, right? Like, the lunging, everything that you're doing in the pulling, the pressing. I mean, God, all of it, your joints and your muscles, they adapt to that pattern of movement. And if you don't do movements that are very different, like this yin yoga actually kind of provides for you. Or in my situation, like, I, let me tell y'all, I suck at stretching. Like, I'm going to be preaching <laughs> to the choir here if I can tell y'all that I stretch because uh, <laughs> I don't stretch, okay? Like, that is probably my biggest downfall. And I actually have somebody stretch me. I mean, that sounds so hundred percent. Babe, whenever I, I'm in the state. <laughs> <laughs> I go to stretch lab, like a yeah, there's kind of stretch zones I'm here. like lining up the minute they open their doors in the morning. I'm like, just fucking stretch me people. Yeah. I mean, guys, I, I just suck me. at it. I suck. I absolutely yeah. suck. I will cut that out and I will tell y'all I don't because I would be lying. So yeah. I, I literally have to force a session and I maybe don't do it as often as I should. I mean, um, I, I try to get in there at least every other week because again, realistically, I try to do things weekly and it just doesn't fit my schedule. Like it just doesn't work. And I know I'll then end up getting backed up. So if I'm able to do at least once or twice a month, I'm happy, you know, because I'm better. I'm better than I was before. And you're at least still doing something, right? Which is better than nothing. I'm still and trying to do something about it. This is cool for everyone listening to this because they're hearing, you know, two very different approaches to it. But they're also hearing us be very honest about the fact that, hey, look, you know, these things are great for you. They work for some people. We program them for some people, but they're not for us. And this is why. (laughs) But this is what we do instead. We don't do nothing. We don't let it go and we don't ignore that we need it. We just, we understand our limitations and we work to the confinement that we have to get the job. I wish I was flexible. I mean, trust me. I like, and I always think this, I'm like, man, if I only put a little more effort in it, and this is the truth though, this is reality. If I put a little more effort into stretching, I would probably be more flexible. So (laughs) I think that goes hand in hand. If I really wanted it bad enough, wouldn't I do it? Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if we're really being real, um, it's not as as important for me. Right. I'm like, eh, back burner and uh next right and i think if anyone relates here it's really more about trying to put it on that totem pole and i mean yes this may be not at the top for me 
but I haven't brushed it off my totem pole. Like I yeah, haven't exactly. completely neglected it. And I'm not going to say I'm not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not maybe doing something as much as I could, mm-hmm. but it's still progress because trust me before I couldn't do much with my flexibility and like even trying to just do a, a simple touching your toes, like without actually arching the back, right. Or actually feeling like you're having that stress and pressure on your lower back mm-hmm. or your hamstrings aren't actually, you know, flexible enough. And this is very common from tight calves. If you're listening to this and having like maybe those flexibility issues, if it's not the hips, it's your calves, it's your Achilles <laughs> and your ankles, because we walk on them all day, every day. Yeah. And if you are someone like Ali and I that have had to wear heels in our past, or yeah. maybe had to do it because of work, um, then you're going to also have that probably constriction in your ankles, or maybe your Achilles will end up having some adhesion, same thing, some scar tissue and calves need to be released. And again, this is across the board. I feel like for anyone that's just needing to address some of these areas, maybe just start with something simple, like lacrosse ball, the lacrosse ball on your feet, just starting with the ball of your feet, maybe uh, doing a couple hand tools, maybe at your hips, doing 90, 90 hip switches, um, being able to just kind of do some dynamic work a little bit here and there uh, before your session, that's already progress. That's already improvement. So if you aren't doing anything, adding in just some dynamic work or maybe a couple five minute drills, like Ali is saying, maybe some with some yoga a couple times a week. Um, all of that will lead you in the right direction to continue improving your recovery and just improve overall well-being. And I'm um I'm someone who is people always say, how do you get everything done? Like how do you possibly manage everything? Well you know what? I'm like I'm like a um multiple ducks in a row all at once type person right so I don't stretch but I go to yoga and yoga not only (laughs) does the benefit of the stretching (laughs) but it also works on my mental health and it stimulates my parasympathetic nervous system so the other side to recovery and one of the things that we see you know a lot is that stress inability to manage stress inability to um, process emotion inability to breathe deeply diaphragmatically not shallowly um, inability to take present engaged moments rather than being you know stuck in the future with anxiety-based states um, in a in, in a constant flux of fight or flight that's all part of reduction in recovery, reduction in lean tissue development, yes. reduction in body fat loss rates, right? So whatever your goal is, whether you're off-season, on-season, mental health and or stress management and or anxiety management is a massive key to your overall recovery and results being achieved. I so for me, I actually do three birds with one stone and I hit the yoga for my stretch. I do it for my mental health. I also do it as part of my parasympathetic nervous system. And guess what? I also do it as my active recovery day. So I put it on my day that is not linked to my weights. And it is 100% something that still has me flowing and moving, not working my yang. It's working my yin. It is my parasympathetic Mm -hmm. rest and digest system that is activated whilst doing it so I'm not smashing myself with ridiculous amounts of cardio and all this you know obscenely excessive levels of you know output because that's another key to recovery and that's something that I want everyone listening to this to take home if you are failing to recover there's two things I want you to do first and foremost am I overtraining be very honest with yourself how much am I doing am I having adequate rest days am I under fueling and is my energy availability excessively low and or even just 
conservatively low because sometimes even a conservative low level of energy availability will reduce significantly reduce sometimes recovery so i just wanted to end it by saying that we've given you some really good take homes today that and a lot of options that are no cost to very low cost and one of the biggest things that i think a lot of people fail to you know recognize and look at when they're actually saying hey i'm not recovering hey this is going wrong hey that's going wrong i think i need to deload i would probably first and foremost go where's my food at What's my nutrition at? What, where's my nutrition at? What's my nutrient availability yeah. like? Like, am I underfueling, overtraining? Am I chronically dieting? Am I, and without any need to, AKA, you do not have a stage to step on? What are you, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you definitely don't need to be in a deficit if there's no stage around the corner. Exactly. Mm-mm. Am I fueling for the demands of the training session at hand would be my number one question to myself. Am I adequately hydrating? Am I adequately resting? Am I focused on my sleep? Am I looking after my rig? Do I get my rig serviced? Am I taking my vehicle for a maintenance tune-up? And am I looking after the mental health, the driver at the wheel? Is he or she sane? Because they are actually actively <laughs> are looking eating? after. Are you sleeping? Are you shitting? <laughs> because I'm being honest. Like, this is a legitimate question. Do you okay? need a colonic? You are not. <laughs> Do you need some water? Do you want a bottle? Maybe go take a shit. <laughs> I'm being 100% real with y'all. Because if you're not asking yourselves these questions, if you haven't gone to the bathroom, if you have right. not slept well, if you haven't ate your food, if you have not drank your water, those four things right there. You're a big plant. Day, you need you food, water. It's pretty yes. simple. And I'm, it, it is. And we don't treat ourselves that way. Ali, as much as we keep saying like, this is pretty basically all we're giving you pretty good information. We're giving you yeah, technically the basics here, but we, people we don't all do. neglect it. We don't do it. Stuff people don't focus on. I think by us having conversation around it, reiterating the importance and the effectiveness of these things, hopefully, fingers crossed, people listening to this Mm. start taking some action towards the, you know, the the small, low-lying fruit that they can pull on each day to significantly improve their freaking outcomes. Like, why continue to flog a dead horse? People don't do that. Feed your horse. Make it well. Like what? And I love what you had said, Ali. Just to wrap that up about you know, I feel like a lot of us are always just trying to do more, and instead we don't look at these other more things. Have we done these things? Everything we talked about on today's episode, are we nailing them? If you are nailing these things, then definitely assessing the food and the training load. And if you're one of those that has maybe struggled with just feeling like you need to always do something and you're training too much, adding in that one or two days of active recovery is so needed and your body will definitely feel like it's training because you're still stimulating it it's not actually being trained it's actually that have passive active recovery that it's going to allow you to really truly have like ali said a, a decompression of the mind and the body so it's kind of killing two birds with one stone and really having a little allotted time to maybe have therapy for yourself because that's what i you know really channel my training as as much as it, hey not all the time do ali and i want to show up but guess what it's part of our schedule it's part of our routine and we show up and we show up because it's for us and exactly. it's therapy 
And it's a therapy that I will never negotiate and I'll never replace with anything else. And it's going to look a little different from day to day because not every day are we going to maybe be fully recovered. Maybe we don't have the best sleep. Maybe we don't have the best food. So we might have to kind of navigate ourselves to kind of listen to our bodies and maybe have that active breast recovery instead. If you had one of those shit days the night before, bad sleep, didn't really eat well, and you're just already going into your session and you tell, you know, Allie or I, as your coaches, you're like, Hey, I had to move my training day. I had horrible sleep. I didn't eat. I haven't even shit. Don't you think we're going to be like, good call, (laughs) right? Good call. I'm glad you moved your training day to the next day because otherwise you're going to perform pretty shitty. And what we're going to say is go have a cold shower, three minutes, (laughs) (laughs) walk in direct sunlight, (laughs) hydrate like a mofo. Pretend you're a goldfish, eat your damn food, and go do yin. That's yeah, a wrap. Exactly. Yeah, that's a wrap. I mean, literally. So it's it's so it's so true. And I hope you guys were able to kind of take some notes here. We're being as real as we possibly can. This is reality. This is what she does. This is what I do. This is how we coach. This is how we have all our clients following these protocols. I really hope that you're actually trying to do these free things before you're trying to just mm. buy this supplement and buy this oh, and God. trying to buy all these other yeah. things and you know all these other therapies that you might be getting sold on. Do the yeah. do the bare minimum, which is what we you know spoke on today. Yeah. Do the free things. And then if we maybe have a little extra and you're able to maybe add in like massage therapist or maybe doing some of like the contrast yeah, therapy the contrast or therapy. you know like doing some other stuff um, that does help with recovery but hey most of the stuff and some of the best stuff in life is pretty free pretty yeah. free exactly so everyone i just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's actually reached out with conversations questions um just even tagged us and stuff about the colonics i am super proud <laughs> to say topic. oh my god <laughs> a little proud colonic you know go take your shit type person here um that so many people have actually listened and jumped on board I've even had people reach out and say they're dragging their husband it's so cool so thank you so much for that support we would love to see you share that episode with friends family anyone that you think would benefit from it um you know and continue to share with us your stories you know tell us all about how your experience was definitely reach out if you've got any questions and then likewise for today anyone that you know is struggling with recovery anyone you know needs to hear the confirmation that some of these small basic low-lying fruits are actually the you know gateway to some pretty amazing results um share this episode with them and again you know we really value your support and your feedback we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to see you you know give us a share give us a like leave us a review um and we hope you enjoyed today's session thank you everyone and until next time you guys stay blessed and stay positive see you babe thanks for tuning in to another episode of the queen divas queens of fitness podcast make sure you follow us on instagram at queen divas pod on twitter at queen divas four and follow our hosts on instagram alicia at alicia gowans underscore wbff pro and steph at stephanie ayala seven see you all next week